Ask your doctor about symbiosis now. America's public enemy number one. The flag, but that flag deserves to be Socratized. That's what Brother Colin is doing when, he's, when he goes down on his knee. Let's Socratize that flag. We got some questions for you, America. important it is sometimes it like not to just start off right away with talking maybe specific but to get broad and maybe zone in on what we were talking about earlier um the idea of reading a book maybe before watching the movie and how that transcends into a lot of things about life kind of but you know yeah yeah the fact that you should probably read a book first before you watch the movie and the fact it's because you told me about an awesome song yeah. And how you had such a good experience hearing it in your headphones and then watching the video. It was also cool, but you were like appreciating the fact that you heard it first. Well, I think that's also the, in the modern world, to be an artist, you really have to like essentially make someone feel something very heavy or something very deeply. You have to really grab people by the nuts, you could say. Right. You know? Either your goal is to just make money. And do, give, do whatever the industry wants. Or, yeah, your goal is to make people feel something. Right. or and, in, and not necessarily in a bad way, but this is where the manipulation part of this aspect possibly in the in the um, music industry could have, you know, come come up. But it, it doesn't mean that that's the case with everything. It's just it could be easily. Like manipulated. Manipulatable. Yeah. Like, I mean, you could make these beats and say anything you really want. And if it captures people's attention with flashy shit, people are like, oh, yeah, like this. Like, that's pretty much what we've seen for a long time. But then there's other songs, like, that sound just absolutely amazing in many ways. But they impact you. They make you feel something. They don't make you just want to shake your butt. They make you want to think. And the, and the lyrics themselves are meant to, like, put you in a poetic, like, state of like like a meditative state you know you're listening to this mantra almost take you, you know? there especially when you think most music in the modern world usually has a chorus that they repeat at multiple times during the song whoever whatever artist this is right. it's kind of literally like a mantra to reiterate like oh and by the way boom this is what we're talking about right. and then a bunch of detailed paragraphs you could say in between and right. then, boom, thesis statement again. Just right. to remind your fucking ass, thesis statement. This is what you we're know? talking about. Yeah, and that yeah. is strong and empowering, but at the same time, it also could be something as simple as getting fucked up, drinking beers, like all this country music, then they just say it again like, uh-huh, I'm getting drunk on a plane. Like, I like that music, but it's also like, dang, like we just like reiterated once again to just do this thing. So you that's know. what I was t referring to when I Mantra. said there's some songs that are made to just sell. Mm -hmm. And I think it even goes by artist because so you bring up Dirks Bentley and that song, I like that song yeah, and he's because cool. of the story of it. It's a ridiculous song, but he was supposed to go on his honeymoon, but his wife like left him or cheated on him or something. And that's all, so yeah, right. that's how he ends up drunk on a plane is because he still goes on the honeymoon despite this girl screwing right. him. Right. Now over. the story's rad and then the way it's perceived maybe perhaps by the public, but is it on purpose because the chorus is focusing I'm getting drunk 
on a plane. Buying drinks for everybody, yeah. something, something. It's a party, got the 730. Right. But it's like, but right now I'm saying basically by singing that chorus, but fuck all the rest that's really bringing me actually down. That's the main focus of this song. Like almost don't pay attention to how I got here. Just pay attention to that part. And I feel like what yeah. sucks though is that like we've all been there where we, we use or whatever to kind of get away, you know? A terrible example. Maybe a terrible example, too heavy, no, no, but like it, totally I'm just right. talking like, a, you know, I'm just talking. You're totally right. I mean, it's wrong to glorify these things, but that's, it's, it's a double-edged sword right. because people sing about what they know about. Yeah. People sing about what they care about. And so in that specific song, that's why I was saying the chorus, because it got the 737 rocking like a G6. Yeah. Um, stewardess said something sexy. Uh, something about whiskey, uh, mile mile high flight attention. Okay, yeah. so it's like these phrases that are ridiculous. It's Mardi Gras up in the clouds. I'm up so high, I ain't never coming down. Yeah. But here's the most important line: I'll do anything to drown out the pain. We all know why I'm getting drunk on a plane. Yeah, you're right. And and so then it, it like and that's the end of the chorus and that also repeats, but it is interesting that there has to be these attention getters. Mm. Like when I started making YouTube videos and I started getting to decide do I want to make a thumbnail or do I they cuz when you make YouTube videos, you have to like reach a certain amount of views before they let you do your own thumbnail. So mm. for the first couple videos I made and I literally don't hardly have any views so I'm not it just like literally they're like you got to establish your channel and then we'll let you pick a thumbnail so for a while you just got to pick they would do three frames from your video and you get to pick one of those three frames and so one of them I'd be like you know half blinking and then the other one I'd have this like crazy look on my face and the other one I'd be turned the other direction so it doesn't really leave you with much but then when you start to do a thumbnail it's like oh wait why do people care about these things? Yeah. Like the thumbnail the, means so much to click on. It you're means so, right. so much. Like, like from just the viewer, it's like, ah, some clickbait ass thumbnail. But when you're the one making the video, it's like, God, that somebody, why do people even want to click on my video? I have to put the most important thing on the thumbnail so that way people know what that is. And it's interesting because I even am guilty of trying to get people to click on it by using yellow in my thumbnails. Uh. I heard once by some random idiot on the internet that Ew, if you put yellow in it, and I was like, oh, that makes sense because it catches the eye. And it's interesting because those did get a lot of views out of, the, out of my videos, but it's like, man. Dang. So comparing that to like the songs and stuff, people, of course, they're going to say... Uh, the catch line. Yeah. They're, they're, they're trying to get your attention. Yeah. And the problem is that there's billions of us on this planet, so why the fuck would anybody want to listen to me? Like, oh, it's oh. about, well, like, but it's not in a bad way. It's yeah. like you have to, what are you offering to the world? Like, yeah. man. Damn. But, but back to Dirk Bentley, though, and the country songs and stuff, it's undeniable that there's a recurring theme in country music and in other genres as well of just getting fucked up and forgetting about your Right, life. and the only and reason why we sad. were talking about that is that because there's mantras in music, mm -hmm. that's what it is. It's a fucking harmony. It's a fucking blend of frequencies that sound badass. Why do they sound badass? They get to play at any fucking notes and sound like, like hella... What do they call it? Tone deaf, which is a very common right. part of our society lately. Mm -hmm. But... 
I feel like when you hear music that captivates you, really grabs your fucking attention, that's something special. And that's what music is supposed to be, I feel like. It's supposed to be poetic. It's supposed to be, man, like reading a book, but shorter. It tells you so much, and your mind fills in so many blanks. And you could do it each time you read a poem, for example, which is like a song. You could maybe image different things in your mind. But then when you watch a music video, sometimes... Now that's what you see every time you think of that song. You think of just that music video. You stop filling in the blanks. And then we were like, oh shit, like reading a book before you... Before you watch the movie. You know, maybe just listen to the song before you watch the music video. Yeah, And that is how most things happen, generally. I mean, most people hear the song before the video comes out, right? Right. Any occasion. Um, That's why they make a video, because it's popping, you know? Like, it's been a hit. Right. But, uh... I don't know. I, I feel like there's tons of music, blah, 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 yada, yada. But the reason why I'm talking about this is because Lil Baby, that song we listen to right now, that shit's badass. That's like the best song right now. If you guys got time right now, you listeners, listen that's the to artist? Lil Baby. Yeah, Lil Art. Baby. And that's the artist or the name of the song? No, Lil Baby is the artist. Anything. Listen to any of his shit. But yeah. this song specifically was, uh, it's fucking, uh, what was it called? My bad. I'm no, no, thinking about okay. the bigger picture. I've been thinking about it all day long. The bigger picture. That's what it's called. And uh, definitely footage from, you know, protests in Minneapolis and Black Lives Matter things. And I mean, tons of protests. I'm saying like footage. But fuck, that shit's badass to have in the video. And I think that the video says even more. But before you look up the video, maybe listen to the song and listen to what little Baby is saying. Don't just be like, oh, it's got a cool beat, because it does. Oh, yeah, it's a good fucking song. But don't just get lost in the beat, because, you know, he made that beat to grab your attention, but now that you're here, listen to that motherfucker. He's a badass. He makes it sound so eloquent. I don't know how else to really put a lot of this stuff that makes you feel. Well, people that make know, good music are good storytellers. Absolutely. He's a great storyteller. And then story that's teller. why people were so mad when people like uh, Garth Brooks started getting famous because it was like, wait, he didn't even write his own music. <laughs> and, and, and then that's also... So many fucking I mean, artists. There's so many. Especially it, in the country music scene. And it's then discouraging. So then I remember bringing those questions up when I was little and adults telling me like, well, a lot of artists don't write their own songs. They're like, shh, we like them. Don't talk about them. Basically by that comment. Basically, like. yeah, shutting it down and just being like, well, there's a lot of... what? How many artists can you think of that actually write their own songs? But then from you could make a I'm list like, though wait a second <laughs> sure. i actually do care like it does mean more to me when that person writes their own music it does matter um but then so then i i started taking music classes and stuff elementary school I was always in music classes got into junior high and started taking band and i started thinking about who writes the music like there's somebody who writes the words and there's somebody who writes the music and then there's some artists who will write their own music and like staff music and word music Mm -hmm. like literally somebody like when you play a piano there's sheet music in front of you and you play and you're reading the sheet music somebody has to write that for a song so it's like whoa wait actually a lot of this a lot of a lot goes into this yes of making a song absolutely um and the fact that a lot of us inclined as at a young age have an inclination to making beats and rhythms and playing instruments and whatnot is actually fascinating. It's like it's become part of 
humanity. Right. Playing instruments. Right. Making a little thing to make these little sounds that just sound amazing. And now we've we've upgraded, you could say. We've remixed the fuck out of life and been right. like, chuk, chuk, you know, we could do all of it now. Well, I used to <laughs> defend uh, Britney Spears as, like, the best artist. I'm sure at some point when I was, like, 10 or 11, I was like, she's the best. But now as an adult, I'm like, oh, I liked her because I felt like she was, like, my friend. Like, even though I knew she didn't know me. Not my friend, but, like, somebody that was young with me and, like, telling stories about things that I related to. And it was for me. It was music for me until it wasn't. And I got to be like, oh, wait, is she okay? And then now there's this whole Free Britney movement where people are literally talking about her dad having control over her. And, like, shouldn't the goal be to, like, have a person eventually be self-sustaining and that's the argument is that there's not really a goal to get her on her feet. So then people don't know, is she actually unwell and just like doing the best she can and we should all just leave her alone? Or does she need help because the people that are in charge of her are corrupt? I mean, we on the outside don't know and that's the question. But bringing up Britney Spears, the reason why I did is because I'm a hypocrite. I'll still, I'll play toxic and I'll dance to it and I'll sing to it, but I know things now that I didn't know then, and so I don't listen to it the same as I did. Um, Right. And then, like, uh, I don't know, there's just so many artists that once you learn about them, you can't listen to them the same. Another example is, like, at our wedding, the R. Kelly song came on. Oh, And there's literally pictures of me going, what the fuck is this? And my face got all gross, and I'm like, who played this song? But it was because you and I had made Spotify playlists, and they had like hundreds of songs on it or whatever. Well, by that time in the night, the playlist had ended. So Spotify was like, oh, here's something else. Like it just started playing. Mm-hmm. What well, was on the laptop that was there? Yeah, it was just playing whatever fucking the DJ. It was Spotify. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, the our playlists were, but that, yeah, that's the. It that's just, what I'm saying. Like our playlists end, but like then it just kind of went on to random music, like filtering and. That song yeah. was the next song, but someone had to cue it. So what I'm saying is the DJ was like, yeah, this song will do, but it's like, no. no. That's what we we're like, no. Like, we, I ran over to him and was like, no, but we got to change the it song. It was when our sparklers were going off, too, So we were, and when we just oh. had to leave it because it was like, what are we going to do, waste our sparklers? But, oh, it actually was hilarious. Beep, and the, beep. Let me hear that. Doop, something like that. Get that and it's so ridiculous because like I every time I hear anything like like that I think of do you have your passport oh my god I think god. of that fucking video look up that video guys look up R. Kelly do you have your passport yeah you watch gotta that watch that shit he literally is on stage in another country going do wants to come with Rob to America like he's singing like his you know everyone loves R. Kelly's voice he's singing all eloquently and then he's like, do you have your passports? Do and then the crowd's like, Did you get your shots? Yeah, he literally asked, <laughs> gotten your shots, Dude, we're dog. only laughing because it's, it's so not okay, but ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. It's not funny. It's the fact that how were people not... I mean, gosh, we were kids, dude. Literally, we didn't even get it either. But how can adults just be like, ah, oh, yeah, he didn't mean that, like, or... That's not important. That's just like, the, anything that's that these people Rob. do. It's right it's in front like, of our whoa. face. And, and the youngsters are like, yo, fuck that. It's our world now. Yo, old weirdos. We're not okay with pedophilia now. We're <laughs> not okay with somebody being under 18 and some older person being like, hey, come work for me. Yeah. Sketch. It's so bad. Like, but, family guy, everyone knows pervert, Herbert. That is not an okay character. That character should be not like glorified or accepted. No, we should not <laughs> like him. 
We no, should not like him. No, we should not think he it's funny. He should die in every episode. We should not think it's funny that he broke his leg, his shit. dog's legs, and the dog crawls after him, and then he's like, "You want your popsicles?" Like you can't not like literally call him pervert Herbert, you know. And then the baby Stewie likes him, kinda. Like it's so fucked up. It's so fucked up. So I'm gonna go to just put uh, in our it, face. It is really fucked up, and I have to go there because I just had this evolution of thought. Like, oh my god, hearing you do hit the his imperson like hit the impersonation of him, I laughed. Like I didn't uh, laugh uh, out loud, uh, uh, but I laughed. But then I'm doing this like deliberate conditioning on uh, myself to every time I want to laugh at something like that. I think of literally people that I have known that have done fucking horrendous shit. Uh, and like my sixth grade teacher being a pedophile, for right. example. Because it's real. I just have to think of that, and I'm like, oh, that's really not fucking funny. Because it, it, then, right. then it takes, okay, that's why it's called an evolution of thought. Because the first thing that you think is usually what you've been conditioned to think. Right. What matters more is what you think right after that. Ah, kind of like when you're thirsty. When you feel thirsty, you sh- you're already dehydrated. The longer you wait, right. you're fucking dehydrated as shit. Like you, c- I could think of so many too far. Examples. I'm saying too like, far gone. For for girls, it could have been something years ago of like, oh, that girl is, uh, I don't, that girl's a slut. Okay, I'll just say it. But then Dang. it's like, oh, but if you feel bad when you thought that, and it's like, fuck, why did I think that? That matters more. Because the reason your first thought was, oh, that girl's a slut, isn't because she's a slut. It's because what that's what everybody may have been saying. Or, I don't know, it's some random example. But I could flip it and also use an example for men to be like, ooh, that girl's fine. But, like, you're sitting next to your significant other. That's your conditioning. What matters is right after of you being like, oh, what the fuck? Like, I don't know. It's just we can only do so much about the way we've been conditioned and right. it really matters what you follow up with. Right. And usually the first thing, not always, but usually the first thing that comes into your head is what you've been conditioned. So then you have to have that internal dialogue and be like, wait, am I even okay with having that thought process? And then keep what you want and change what you don't. You know? I agree. Yeah. That's an interesting way to look at it too. Well, while we were talking about that pervert character in Family Guy, and it's just really in like fucking fucked up that that is our conditioning to laugh at that, and so I'm doing deliberate deconditioning to associate pedophilia with what it really is, which is fucking disgusting and wrong. And it's not real. funny at all. And, and real. real. And happens to people and children. That it's real. Yeah, I agree. That's why I feel like. Comedy's always been here for some for some reason to like have what do they call it in in literature comic relief, right? You know, but is that okay? There's not with so supposed to be things? comic relief for pedophilia, you know, like because that is just makes people feel like fucking outrageous. Like I know that comic know? relief is to, for like you know that's our kids, some, man. that's our like, youth, man. That's some the youth problem that is not even a problem. Something we'd call first like the oh, the line's too long at the grocery store. Oh, I wait. What do you mean? Uh, comedy and comedic relief like that's that's four things that are like mundane or relatable but the only people that would it would be relatable pedophilia to is people that were affected by it negatively and they would not want to laugh about it with people 
I'm sorry, yeah. but no. Like, no, like, and hey, growing up, like, I did like Family Guy and shit. It's so funny. That's why I'm, like, randomly reflecting on fucking Family Guy right now because I'm specifically thinking now about how much that show almost guaranteed was designed to desensitize us to certain shit slowly. Almost guaranteed, um, yeah. Because, and I don't mean to be so pessimistic or whatever, I'm trying to be realistic about this. Like, I really think that now looking back, especially how that I haven't watched it for so long. Like, being able to reflect on that as a show that people hella watch, you right. know? Like, people like The Simpsons. Like, people like The Office. Like, people like these shows. Yeah. But cartoons are even more crazy because in shows like like in fucking South Park where Kenny dies, like, every episode. Like, you can't do that in real life. You couldn't have a show, an actual live human show where they just die every episode because it wouldn't work. It can be a cartoon. Oh, it can work for yeah, some reason. For it's some okay. reason, yeah. yeah. it's fucking weird. But that's another thing. Like, what the fuck? But, um... I'm looking back at that show and realizing that I think that too many things were brought up that were just laughed at, like, you know, and peop- some, some people now would be like, ooh, you can't say that, you know? Yeah. But they were, in, in, in him, whatever what's whatever his name is, the creator of that shit, I know his name, I just don't want to say it. Um, and, and it's a cool show, I get it. It's a, There's a lot going into it, but it's also like, yo, Y'all are desensitizing the public to this shit at a certain point because we can laugh about reality sometimes, but certain things aren't meant to be laughed at and just put away. And just like, oh, that was funny because that was on Family Guy instead of, no, that really exists in the world. Like we're talking about pedophilia. Right. That really exists in the world, down the street, with the youth, you know? Yeah. It's not something to just be like, oh, yeah, that's, oh, we're just used to that. There always will be one. It just and it's is like, a okay, classic well, then we need to figure out how we can make that change as a society, not just laugh and be like, oh, yep, we're helpless to our victimhood. Right. Uh, people don't like talking about these things because. I, I don't really. For many reasons. No, but we have to. It's not. It's. I agree. Of course I don't like talking about pedophilia. What the fuck? No, but we have to. I wish That's the fact. The goal is to get to a point where I don't need to anymore. Right. But at this point in my life, there are these glaring issues that people continuously just have the reason. It just has been like that, Allison. And that's not a good enough reason for me to allow it to continue. That's that's that is uh, reflecting on the reality that yes, it has been that way up until now, but that doesn't allow it to continue. Nothing about oh, it's always been that way. That's well, that there, classic <laughs> boys will be boys. Type oh my of bullshit, god! Yeah. It just there is these statements that I keep. Yeah, there's it's a lot. I like to say it's a web because. Oh, boy. You cannot joke about these things, and you don't care about them until you know somebody that's been affected by it. So then, like, it makes – it begs the question that we're all seeing. We may not really talk about it all that much, but is comedy dying and dead? I'm saying, like, comedy. Like, making even a movie or stand-up comedy, it kind of is changing. Think about how many comedians successfully make comedy – Without having to step on somebody, Absolutely. I don't know. I, I, but I, let's I, be honest. They all, we all, cr- every comedy that I know of, even modern, cracks crazy jokes at religion, at color, like race. I'm saying, well, at there's a lot of things. Of course, know? and there's a time and a place. I used to think that certain things were too raunchy. And then now I look back, like Dave Chappelle. Like when I was little, I didn't understand, and I thought, like, oh my god, that's yeah. like so, that's <laughs> uh, a uh, bad guy talking about <laughs> crack on TV and shit. Like I didn't get bitch. it. Yeah. And now I look back, and uh, I uh, have seen like him 
off of stage in documentaries and shit and i'm like uh, oh my god he's brilliant yeah and, and learn the he's story kind of, of what bringing comedy to, to a different stage perhaps because of this covid thing because no one's been able to do that for a long time now apparently like go just go to listen to someone you know even perform music really let alone comedy which right. is a good thing because everyone's are laughing but that's just it you're getting a deep breath laughs like in that building so it's like place. right now is not the time i agree but i'm also saying with that along so the world's in a more serious state with the seriousness of a lot of things aren't funny anymore you can't joke about that right you can only joke about certain things at a certain level and at a certain uh, i don't know what you want to call it like a certain you know like you can't have ill intent it's you just have a to actually be trying to be funny. Too. You're right. You know, and it, actually it, bringing humor to people's eyes. Because there's been a lot of bad comics. I really think that. That have kind of fucked that up. They just, too much, fuck yeah, bro. Fucking bitches. Doo, doo, doo. And it's like, yeah, that's not, that. anyone could be that comic. But that's not a comic. That's not funny. That's just, you're playing that bro character, man. Takes us back to our conversation with music and art says, in general. Says is, bro dude man, though, huh? You, in the flesh. <laughs> You're too funny. If you want to do something for money, you're going to just sell out. And that's going to be talking about whatever you think people want to hear. If you want to actually have conversations and talk about things that you care about, you're going to do it regardless. And it only shows with time. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, you know, it's just crazy because there is a time and a place. I think comedy is supposed to make people feel good generally. And you as as a... uh, what a comic should be able to take criticism from somebody that says, hey, that was really hurtful to me and this is why and I speak on behalf of the blank community. Like, you know, if it was a disparaging comment about the deaf community, somebody saying, hey, somebody told me what you said. I didn't hear it. But inch. But uh, <laughs> instead of saying I heard what you said, Dang. see, like, no, deaf people are fucking funny. Uh, blind people are funny. People with any anything Everybody's that you don't think is has normal. A good sense of people humor have if they great try. personalities and great senses of humor. You'd be surprised no, if I you agree. just immerse yourself in other uh, communities that don't you don't Which have anything to do, do with. Which we must do. We have to. Well, yeah, we have to. So I, you make me really realize something right now. The more we're talking about this shit, is like I'm starting to say something. I'm going to say something that I've been thinking for a little while, but now you really helped me piece it together, I think. That I think that comedy, stand-up comedy, and that kind of level of... Pe- what was what was that for? It was because people wanted to go have a good laugh. Like, 30 minutes to an hour of fucking rolling laughter. One laugh after another. No reason. And everyone there, you look left to left or right, everyone's laughing too, and everyone's just happy. It doesn't matter what color. In that moment, right? There's a lot of beauty to that. Psychedelic, practically, when you really right. think about it. But then, now... Maybe people don't really need to laugh right now because they know how serious everything is in this modern context of we need to make moves now. We got right. to be more serious right now. People that are laughing and farting off are the same people that are taking selfies with their shirt off every day. We don't need more ego right now. We don't need more bullshit right now. We already have a ton of it to clean up now. Right. So I'm thinking that maybe comedy might actually in the future like – let me just say it and then I'll allude to something else. It may become like a communal – like – talking like a lecture and not really it not like <laughs> belly laughs it might be like hmm little food for thought hmm some alan watts type shit now for now because right. our world got much more serious recently as lila snores in the background of the episode <laughs> she constantly is snoring yeah listen listen, listen.
Anyways, what I'm trying to say is, is that I think that the future of this going out to listen to a comic and get a deep belly laugh, especially because right now with COVID, it's almost like frowned upon. You can't see each other smiling. You can't see everyone laughing and having fun. And also not to mention, you're literally like, like you're working out practically. You're you're breathing heavily because you're laughing. Ha ha ha. Hysterically deep fucking breaths, you know, in and out. So it is kind of a weird thing, but I'm thinking though that like maybe perhaps to go with the times, what it seems like that might be what's coming. I just had like an epiphany. And uh, and what I mean also to allude to and to compare it to is kind of like you read a book, so you're going to have to jump in here, that was about in the future where people will go to movie theaters, but they weren't called movies. They were called feelies or something like that, to feel something again because society doesn't feel anything anymore, right? Right. Um, um, where was that from? Right, look it up. But like I feel like that's kind of what I mean, and I don't like to say that that's what our world's coming to, but look at what we do now. We have to look something up or watch something on Netflix or something to cheer us up or whatever, most of us. we try. I try to find a lot of things was, internal, like a lot of people I definitely are finding to help themselves too. But we go reach outward for media and funny things and all stuff to fill a hole. But what's the book called? It was from Brave New World. It's Aldous Huxley. Aldous Huxley. Yeah, Brave New LSD World. LSD motherfucker. <laughs> That's interesting. So, like I said, it's something psychedelic. I feel like he knew something about society and this cold shoulder of it. And I really think that maybe that's where it's going, but it's also maybe for the better for the time being, taking things a little more serious to where maybe we can come to another age in another 10 years, 15 years to where everyone's like, wow, we made it through that. And now we have a better way of dealing with this. We have a better stance than we did when COVID hit. Remember COVID? Fuck. Right. Now we have things in place maybe to help us in case something else like this virus pops off and people are aware that this could happen. Right. You know, but yeah. I, I have feedback. Yeah, please. Um, Lila... Your snore is impeccable. Gosh, I even woke her up and she's still snoring. She's like... <sighs> she's breathing um, like that. My feedback is that, well, first, I think about the evolution of comedy. and Good point. Some, but the premise Shakespeare. of paying somebody to make you laugh sounds bougie as fuck. But it's all... I mean, Shakespeare was an example of that. No, right? I know, but I think of a king and the jester. Ah, That's even what more I think valuable is, of conversation, yeah, huh? The king paying to have somebody come in and entertain And make them, them. <laughs> giggle huh. like a little baby. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's so funny. Um, and then I also cannot help but ignore blackface comedy mm. and how a bunch of white people will go and sit and laugh. Yeah. And, you know, it obviously wasn't just white people. There was the people of the times mostly white people thought that that was okay and thought that that was funny and then it's like now that we look back and we're like dude you can't do that you can't do that there are plenty of people that are any color around the world that to where if you want somebody to play some role from somewhere around the world you can find an actor from there or like you know you don't have to Go that that was why blackface comedy was a thing because they didn't want to hire a black actor. Instead, they'd have a white actor and paint them black. That's why it's fucked up. So there's a lot of facets to comedy, and a lot of people have been stepped on in the name of things, and that's kind uh-huh. of what we're getting at in order to be symbiotic. Like nobody should have to step on anybody. So I don't think comedy should die. I think comedians need to rise. No, I think that I'm be the ones. To right, help I agree. Find I feel joy. that it's not that it needs you to know? do anything. I think it already I has. Have, no, and I have a little okay. bit more feedback. 
because people do get together and talk about things like how you were saying you mm. think that's where it will go people do mm. do some speakeasy type shit mm. and I won't give any details because I've never been to one but I've learned recently that people do get together and talk about good bad and ugly in the privacy of their own homes having certain conversations and it's even certain things innocent we do like well of course we do as husband and wife and we live together but i'm talking about people going out of their way to meet with people in a group in a location oh yeah to talk about whatever topic well people do it on um, facebook a lot now too which is not the same it's not the same. That's those people that were lighting fireworks off every fucking night for the last two months. They do that shit on Facebook. They have their little meeting on, on Facebook probably. But they don't – I'm sure they don't actually go meet together in the basement of Tommy's fucking backyard. I think that you're right though to a sense that a lot of these things age-old-wise – that's how AA started. That's how a lot of things start. We're literally just people coming to a house going, hey, we need to talk about this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and we get far with that. That's yeah. what symbiosis now is. It's we need to talk about this. Can constant reminder, we need to be more symbiotic, not just more me, selfish, survival, base, chakra. It's more like, hey, let's uplift the chakras. Let's get to a higher degree of understanding and awareness, you know. Right. Let's let's talk about these things so we can emerge a new beautiful insect, you know. Right. I also was thinking of how that we went to that thing in Fresno. Fred, like no. before we got married months and months ago, but pre-COVID, guys. Are you talking about the storytelling? We went to the storytelling. I feel like thing. that's the future. And but see, we are over here in Bodunk, nowhere, California. That's like that's the future. But people are already doing it. No, I know they are. Like, but I'm yeah, saying, like, yeah. I think more so than we realize, like, that's going to be, like, what you really save up your fucking... You don't go to the bar every Wednesday maybe for a while because they might shut everything fucking down again. That's right. what it sounds like. That's what they're trying to do. They did. So the point is, is, like, you know, you're going to be have to do something, man. And you want, you want to get sad? You want to rely on the bar to open back? Or you want to rely on football to fucking make you happy again? Right. Do you think they want to play? You think the black folks want to play right now? I'm sure some do, but I think most people are like, yo... Don't forget. Yeah. We're not just fucking playing for you to make money off fucking white dude up in that big ass box office up there. Right. You know, it's not like that and it will never be like that again. So we can act like it is. Oh, and we'll say that, oh, someone will fill those places of, of the people that don't want to coerce with the way that, you know, we used to do things with this white supremacist attitude and shit. No, we can't do that. It will never be the same. I don't think people can turn their eye on this now. Right. When you see George Floyd and you see the protests and you see the impact worldwide, it doesn't really just make you turn a blind eye. And if it does, are you dead? Or are you just sleeping? You right. know? Right. I was watching a video about deep fakes. People, because there was people literally trying to claim that George Floyd's death was a deep fake. Uh, and my initial reaction is that is so disrespectful right deep fakes is the but new then, fake news bro it's the new version of that i agree and i was watching this video of it like a little documentary about it and the lady speaking said like deep fakes are not the most dangerous thing it's people claiming that something is a deep fake when it's not yes that's the scary thing and then i was like oh shit that's what people are trying to do with george floyd like, they would rather accept that it's a deep fake than realize what the fuck What's at stake in our world? And what happened. Yeah. Literally. No, yeah, it, absolutely. But how many people other than George Floyd, I'm saying, yeah. are in the same boat? How often this fucking happens? We're turning blind eyes? 
You, and people are like, no, it's just a conspiracy. No, no. Then you're saying that all of this is then, huh? No, no black man dies at the hand of, of of officers. No one like myself gets the shit kicked out of them by right. police officers. Like that doesn't happen. Oh, it happens. You know. I just think because that person maybe got to sit in their little office and and just I don't know suck on a lollipop all day, drink their Starbucks, and drive home in their air conditioner. Everything's fucking golden. What you person? Know? I don't know anybody. Anybody who is blind to these realities. Like that's what I mean yeah. because I feel like that's what makes us blind to those. If we just kind of live in that bubble. Right. Everything I got is good. I don't see what these people are talking about. They are tripping. That's not for me. Allison, you're just being too depressing. You know, that kind of shit where it's like, wait, what? And then you got the other side that's just like, bro, we're going to get through this. We're the fucking best. We are always going to win and the light will always prevail. And it's like, yeah, no doubt. But at a certain point, you got to fucking put up or shut up. You got to stand up or sit the fuck down and let other people stand up in front of your ass. Right. Baby, cry, stuck on your thumb, sit down. That's fine. But maybe you'll come to fruition later when you see a bunch of people standing up for what's right. You go, fuck, I'm tired of being afraid now. I see other men are down for this shit. I can't be afraid. Right. You know, that's fine. The first right. line, okay, that's fine. Well, what's with the second line up? Well, the Maybe way the war is supposed too, right? to work, like the when, the when they would march in the lines and stuff, and it <laughs> the would Brits, be like the first the line will go, and then they fall back, and then there's the next group, mm. and they fall back, and then mm. there's the next group, and they fall back. The problem with our society, and I think humanity, one of the main problems here is that there's too many people on the very front lines taking all the shit, and there's too many people sitting in the back with their feet up thinking, ah, I'll fight, you know, my turn's not for another hundred groups. Mm-hmm. I'm in the very back. But it's like that's that classic old saying of they came for the Jews and I did nothing. Right. You, you say it. Remind the listeners. Um, I'll have to look it up to quote it. The Nazis came to round up the Jews. And the man said, I'm not Jewish. No. So he looked the other way, and they took the Jews, and he stayed. Right. And they came back and said, we're looking for people of any color. Okay, it's first they came, and it's Martin Niemöller. First Martin they came Niemöller. for the socialists. Ooh. First they came for the socialists. Quote, unquote. And I even did... though it doesn't say that right there, that's because in Nazi Germany they called anyone liberal anything they called them these things the socialists they call these things to basically be the opposition that's so weak but so strong somehow right but anyways didn't mean to interrupt you no no that's okay i think it's important to point it out because people do translate it differently some people interchange socialists because it's like such a inaccurate word so here's the quote first they came for the socialists and i did not speak out because i was not a socialist then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. Yeah. So that's exactly he, uh, is a controversial figure. People don't follow him like he's some god or something. This. Uh, Neomoller guy. Hey, well, either but. way, what he said is very impactful. It's not really to glorify that man. It's just to give him credit. He's the one who fucking said it. Put yeah. it down on paper and shit. And we're remembering it because of him saying it, yes, but it, what he said is real. Yeah. You know? He can't have a copyright on reality. He was nonetheless one of the earliest Germans to talk publicly about broader complicity in the Holocaust and guilt for what had happened to the Jews. In his book, Uber de Deutsche Schuld, 
Not und Hoffnung, I'm literally not joking, that's what it is, published in English as of guilt and hope. Mm. 1946, he wrote, Thus, whenever I chance to meet a Jew known to me before, then, as a Christian, I cannot but tell him. I cannot but tell him, Dear friend, I stand in front of you, but we cannot get together, for there is guilt between us. I have sinned, and my people have sinned against thy people and against thyself. So he was one of the first people that was super Nazi, and he spoke out about how badly he felt about it, essentially. So he changed his mind. He changed his mind. He felt wow, very guilty after. that's a profound man. Yeah. To change his mind. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Why do people hate that? I feel like humans kind of don't like that, when people change their mind. When they feel like, hey, you know what, actually I was wrong. I have to admit, hey, this is weird. Maybe I should look at this again. I'm down to admit defeat. I think that's a stronger leader that can admit defeat. Not one that tweets going, it'll never be defeated. Like, you know? Oh, God. We'll never be defeated. Make America great again. Commander and tweet. Yeah, commander and dope. Fucking. And as I have things in the background for some reason of Germans in the fucking, during the Holocaust, wearing crazy ass fucking gas masks and, and, and school children wearing gas masks. And the level in which people go to put fear into people, like what we see on TV, and when we go out to a protest, when we see all those police throw gas at us, and shoot at us, and fuck us up with batons and sticks and shit, with a bunch of helmets on, like a bunch of, I'm just saying, I don't even say the word, afraid, afraid. Yeah. Yeah, cool, you got a metal helmet, cool, bro. But is that government issue? Oh, nice. You got given it to you by the fucking government and you already get a paycheck. You got all everything protected. You get to stay in your bubble. Well, guess what? We're not in no fucking bubble out here. That's what people are saying and reminding them. And I don't see why the news ain't covering that. Where's the the independent journalism covering that? Oh, they would get shut down because that's fake news, bro. That's deep fakes, bro. Right? Everything's dismissing the shit. Fuck all that shit. Don't let this shit dismiss. Yeah. We have to stay adamant about having these conversations. We had people tell us when we were getting, growing up, you know, you got to pay attention to it all. Yeah. You know, things are not what you think they are. You got to stay on your toes or you just give up and go in your bubble because a lot of people do. I've been in a bubble for a long time in my life and I'm trying to pop it, but at night I sleep in my bubble. You know, we all have our bubble. It's just like, are you willing to branch out? Are you willing to learn more? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that we're coming to a precipice. I've said this before, I think, on here with you. That we're coming to a precipice, and it's now or never. And uh, I think that when we look at images of militants or fascist-looking police wearing all black and shit lined up, when that camera angle, look at it a different way next time. Realize that the camera angle says it all if you're not really there in person. Because if you're really there in person, it doesn't look like that many police. It doesn't look like that many people telling you not to do a silent protest or a fucking peaceful protest. It looks like some fascism right in front of you. And they're assuming that you are the problem and you guys are so strong, but you know what? Secretively, you're weak. I learned that recently. That's what fascism is. You know? It's making this this idea that the enemy, the liberal socialists that think like them, whatever the fuck that means, yeah. you know, that the yeah. media literally says those terms and throws it around. It sounds like Nazi fucking Germany. It's yeah. scary as fuck. Yeah. People need to look into the history. That's why we need to talk about these things. But ultimately, it's crazy as fuck to me for to see those lineup of officers. But when you look at the camera, and look at it next time, everybody. 
make sure that you notice that there's only like two layers deep. There's not that many motherfuckers getting paid no more. They don't want to, a lot of people don't want to do that shit anymore already, you know? Right. They know it's wrong too. So, you know, we could leave it up to those dopes that are down to get a paycheck and don't really care how many people die in a day. But we're not there yet. There's a lot of good officers out there that realize, whoa, we're kind of being told to take it too far. But that's what fascism is. It's telling them, hey, that's the enemy. They're normally your people, but right now they don't want just you. Shoot they don't them. like you. Yeah, just put no them down. Time to and I ain't like... got no respect for you. You know, doing New York saying, oh, I don't God. take too kind. You guys treating us like shit. And then they're showing footage of the fucking New York PD beating Damn. the fuck out of people for no reason. Like swinging a bike around at them and just weird shit that's like, yo, you have a badge on you, fool. Like, you know, point is, wrapping it up here, long story short, stay aware. Remember that it's all an illusion in a certain sense. When you see those lines of police or whatever, it's only like two layers deep. Don't don't act like it's the whole world against you. That's how the media is playing this fucking bullshit. And it doesn't matter what outlet. It's all just a game. It's always been a game. It's always to make things look bigger or smaller. That's what the point always has been. Yeah. You know? But you know how big your dick actually is, so don't let the commercial tell you it's too small. You know? Right. I know how big my dick is. That's for right. sure. Yeah. I love you so much. <laughs> I love you too. Thank you for being here with Thanks me. Thanks for having me on. Well, you're fucking the other half of this shit. You I motivate this ha- to happen. I try. We and you're all here like trying. more than half the time. You are the, the co-host. It's just like sometimes with the, the sound equipment that we have still, it's limiting. Otherwise, you'd sit right there and we'd have three or four people here if we once we get to that level. It's right. just what we have right now, well, know, which is cool. You just, and I have been together for over seven years, and we still are trying to be better communicators with each other. Right. You know, communication takes constant practice all the time. To sit here and have a conversation into a recording for the whole world to hear takes practice. So I agree. I really appreciate you having me on and letting me be a part of it with you because... I didn't want to start a podcast. I mean, I always did, but, like, you're the one who took pillar in it. So that's why I say thank you. I mean, we just thank each other. Yeah. And thank you, listener. I love doing this, but it also it's not that – it's not about me. It's just that I'm not going to lie. I love doing this because I love having conversations and and hopefully inspiring people to have more conversations like this, but just depthful, meaningful conversations. Whatever it is that's bugging you in your daily life or you see as wrong and unjust, you know. Right. Look at it. Break that shit down. Pay attention to it. Don't be afraid of it. I love you so much, Allison. Love you, Ty. And we love you guys out there. Have a good one. Keep it symbiotic. Dude, I'm totally down. Thank you.